Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and thanks for joining us today, November 10th, on No Greater Delight, our podcast on Marian feasts and Marian meditations. Today, we're celebrating three different feasts of Our Lady, three different events. First, in Viana do Costello, Portugal, they celebrate Our Lady of Last Agony. When a sudden storm would swell on the seas and threaten to bash the fishermen's boats against the cliffs, their wives and families would invoke Our Lady's protection. And hence, Our Lady of Last Agony has become sort of the last resort that praying for protection for the fishermen. Likewise, in 1552, we have a miraculous cure through the intercession of Our Lady of Loretto. A Turkish officer was convinced by one of his Christian slaves to beg the intercession of Our Lady of Loretto, asking for a miraculous cure for his incurable illness. Well, the cure was granted, and the officer gave the shrine many different gifts, and also, as a gesture of gratitude, freed his Christian slave. Lastly, in 1642 or 43, you find both dates, we have Our Lady of the Eye, which in my butchered German is Muttergotts von der Augenwende in Rottweil, Baden-Württemberg, Germany. On this day, as the French laid siege to the city, the statue of Our Lady with the Child in this church grew pale. She turned her eyes to heaven and then towards the city an act of mercy and compassion to let them know that she had not abandoned them, even in the midst of these difficult situations. Today, we can again consider the words of Thomas Akempis in The Imitation of Mary. Again, most of us are familiar with The Imitation of Christ, that's a spiritual classic, but sometimes it calls our attention that there's not really that many references to Mary in it. It seems like, according to the tradition, that he was preparing a different book for that. And so later, people, scholars gathered his writings on the Blessed Virgin Mary and put them together in what would be the imitation of Mary. And this is what he says. He writes, Mary is faithful in her promises and generous in her gifts to her pious servants. She enjoys the veneration of angels, but yet she accepts the attentions of men. She tenderly sheds tears with the unhappy, She is compassionate with the sorrows of those who suffer. She comes to give help in the struggles of those who are tempted. She turns herself ever to those who pray to her. All those who go with confidence and devotion to seek refuge with her and call upon her name find in her abundance and consolation. A queen, she commands the angels in heaven and can send them to succor the needy. In the same way, She has empire everywhere over the demons and can prevent them from harming her servants. The demons dread the Queen of Heaven, and her name alone suffices to disperse them. They tremble before the awesome and holy name of Mary. Before the name which causes joy to Christians, they no longer dare to show themselves before us or to try again their insidious assaults. As soon as they hear this holy name resound, they tremble, they prostrate, They flee as before a burst of thunder from the sky. And the more often this name is pronounced by us, the more it is invoked devotely and piously, the more quickly the demons flee from us. That's a very beautiful thought. Now we can ask ourselves, do we really believe that Mary is a mother 
who accompanies us in all our troubles and sorrows, who's present in our joys and our delights? Do we believe that the devils flee from her and that she has the power to protect and spare us? In a word, do we trust in her presence and her intercession?